Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, the show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the T. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back and joining me again today on Next on the Tee. We are brought to you by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort. Folks, there isn't a better place to stay and play anywhere on the planet than the French Lick Resort. You're going to see why I say that every single week on this show when you go check them out online at FrenchLick.com. We are also sponsored. We're you know, so very proud to welcome a new sponsor to the show, The Leather Shop. Check out our friends there. You know, they are the only company in the world with the ability to provide true, custom-fit, handcrafted, full-grain leather shoes and boots online. That's right. No need to leave the house. You, know, you can find them online at the-leather-shop.com. Great shoes, great prices, handmade quality. It's a real deal. Find it there online. Again, the-leather-shop.com. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the honor of having four great guests to share with you, three of which are great friends who have joined me multiple times and uh, are back to share more of their stories and insights with us. Plus, we have one rookie today. First up with me is going to be LPGA Pro and one of my favorite all-time people, let alone guests, and that's Missy Bertiotti. We're going to get more of Missy's tips on the mental side of the game, hopefully hear more about how she's going to be out playing you know, on the Legends Tour this season, hopefully at a golf course near, near you where you can check out you know, Missy and the great legends from the LPGA Tour. Missy's going to be joining me here in just a few moments. Later this half hour, PGA Pro and two-time winner out on tour, Dave Stockton Jr. will be back with me to share more of his putting tips and his insights into this golf season. He'll be followed by top 50 instructor Debbie O'Connell. Debbie always makes me smile so much you know, when she joins me on the show. No doubt why. You can find her on Twitter, at Golf Positive. Plus, uh, we'll be seeing uh, her more and more. You find some of her instructional tips now out on the Golf Channel. So Debbie will join me a little bit later in this hour. And then we're going to round out the show with our rookie, Tim Hurria. Tim is a uh, PGA pro, plus he works with Tony Robbins, uh, on his program, release, release the Power Within. So we'll talk to Tim about that and so much more when he joins me about an hour from now. So it's going to be a great show, folks. I am so glad that you are here to join me over the next hour and a half. Uh, but let's get the show started off right, and that's you know really you know helping you get your morning started started off right. Go check out our friends over at Aroma Ridge because they have an array of the finest mountain-grown gourmet coffees that you're going to find anywhere. You can find them online at aromaridge.com. Their secret? 
hand-selected beans from a variety of coffee-producing countries from around the world. They roast those beans for you to perfection by their very own roast master. Their coffees, like I say, are roasted specifically for you. And that's no joke, folks, because they've got the beans right there in their warehouse. They'll roast it any way you like it. And if you like a little bit of flavor in your coffee, they can do almost any flavor that you can imagine. Plus, you can mix and match to create your very own flavor. I'm currently drinking their uh, Wicked Jack's Tavern Butter Rum Coffee, which is fantastic. And not only are their coffees great, folks, but they're wonderful people as well. You're not going to find a better tasting coffee or a better group of people to deal with anywhere on the planet. Check them out online at AromaRidge.com. Next on the Tea is also brought to you today by our, our friends over at the French Lick Resort up in French Lick, Indiana. Folks, you want to talk about a spectacular resort to both play golf and to just relax and enjoy yourself. Well, like I say, you're not going to find any, any place better anywhere else on the planet than at the French Lick Resort. Go to FrenchLick.com to see how they can do it for you. And let's hear a word from our friends over there. Now's the time to plan that golf getaway you've been dreaming about at French Lick Resort. We have new Golf Academy packages for 2016, guaranteed to take your game to the next level. Try our one-day Quick Fix Academy for golf emergencies. For more in-depth learning, try the Game Changer, designed to make you a better player. Our staff professionals are ready to work with you at French Lick Resort. Did you know there's only one place in the country that you can play courses designed by two members of the World Golf Hall of Fame on the same property? The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort make us an ultimate golf destination for 2016. Check out the Ultimate Golf Package, the Hall of Fame Package, and other great offerings at FrenchLick.com. Let 2016 be that year you finally take your dream golf getaway at French Lick Resort. Play the courses champions play. Yeah, it's spectacular. My family and I went up there and spent some time last summer, and we are already looking forward to our opportunity to get back this year. The French Lick Resort needs to be on your list of places to stay and play. And oh, by the way, my friends, they have a casino right there on the property as well. For more information and to book your stay, go to FrenchLick.com. And every week here on Next on the T, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of our military. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families make to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through the strength of our military personnel that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It's an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. I also want to remind our veterans, be sure to continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org, a great site with a lot of news and articles and a wealth of information specifically geared towards our veterans out there. I'm sure you're going to find it both interesting and beneficial. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right, now back with me making her fourth appearance on the uh, French Lick Resort guest line is Missy Bertiotti. Let me remind everybody about Missy's background. She was born and raised in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, won back-to-back Pennsylvania State Championships in 1980 and 81. She attended the University of Miami on a full golf scholarship and was a part of their 1984 National Championship team receiving medalist honors. She played 14 years on the LPGA Tour and won the 1993 Ping Welch's Championship up in Boston. 
She had several top 10 finishes on tour, including in LPGA majors like the 88 LPGA Championship and the 88 U.S. Women's Open. She was the first ever women's golf coach at uh, Carnegie Mellon University up in Pittsburgh, and now she's focusing her time on instruction, both on the mechanics of the game and the mental side of the game. And like I said at the very top, she's become a wonderful friend and someone I always enjoy immensely having on the show, and I'm excited she is back with me and next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Missy. How are you, my friend? Very good. Good morning. Thank you for that introduction, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Misty, be, I, before we get started on all the golf stuff, you know, you know, I, I'm being from, I'm from Pittsburgh. You're from up there. I, I, I got to get your thoughts, you know, on our Pirates. Are our Pirates going to take the next step? We got spring training opening up. One, they won 98 games last season, and how great is it to see that they're bringing back the uh, 1979 uniforms for the Sunday home games? I'm very excited about Pirate baseball uh, this year. Oh, I'm with you on that. I, I'm with you on. That. I'm a big Pirates fan. I'm glad to see um, – I, I always mess up his name. Kung, how do you say it? Kung Ho is coming back. He's doing well. I think it's going to be a great season. It's such a great ballpark. I hate to say this, but I don't care if we win or lose. It's such a nice night down there at that stadium in downtown Pittsburgh. It's beautiful. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, PNC Park, boy, I tell you what, if there's a more scenic view – uh, anywhere in baseball or anyway, any sport for that matter, you know, to see the, the, the skyline, you know, whether it's a day game or see it lit up at night, that, that is, that's one of the most beautiful things you're going to see in sports. I agree. I know. So it's, it's kind of, we're hoping for spring. It's, I'm sitting in front of the fireplace right now. So it would be right? really great. <laughs> it would be great to have a spring season coming soon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, Misty, um, I was you know I was checking out you know your Facebook page and you recently posted a quote from Harvey Painick that reads, "Good players have the power to think while they're competing. Most golfers are not thinking, even when they believe that they are. They're only worrying." Talk about you know talk about that and you know how how can we do you know you know less of the former you know and or do more of the former and stop doing the latter. Yes, I think that. I think one of the common phrases that I don't believe is accurate is just go out there and don't think. And people think they play better when you just go out there and don't think. And I understand where they're coming from when they say that because a lot of us do overthink, and I would define that by worrying, being distracted, being all external circumstances, the water, who's looking at you, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about what you look that's what we generally think about while we're out there. So when somebody says don't think, yes, letting go of those type of negative distractions would be good. But depending on who you are as a golfer, a beginner, an intermediate, and a pro, I think there are certain things we should be thinking about even while we're out there, maybe even during the, the one second that we're swinging too. You know, when I say think about it, I would say more, what am I committed to? We need to be really aware of what we're committed to the, all the time while we're out there, even while we're over the ball and what Pia Nilsson and Lynn Marriott, Marriott referred to as the play box. Even when I'm over the ball in the play box, I'm committed to something. It might be my left-hand grip today. You know, next week it might be my my energy level, something. It might be just a sensing but I'm I'm feeling it. Like I'm com- today over the play, you know, in the play box. I'm connected to. I'm committed to, just feeling my target. Something like that. I'd call it 
instinctive, an intangible something if you're a really good player. But if you're a rookie, a brand new, oh, you better be committed to, I need to cock my left wrist on the backswing, something really mechanical. They need to think about that for a while when they start the game of golf. If they're not thinking about it, they'll continue making the same poor swing over and over. It takes it takes attention. Yeah, so and, you know, that, and it's, it's one of the things, you know, Missy, you, you talk about being committed to, like committed to a shot. I know, you know, so many, so many of us, you know, so many amateurs, so many of our, you know, us weekend hackers, you know, one of the things that we make a lot of mistakes about is, you know, is decelerating the club. And that's because we, we become afraid or you know, I think to your point, we're not committed to the shot. You know, we may think, you know, what we're going to do or think about what we're going to do or what kind of shot we're going to make, but we're not committed to it because we decelerate coming through, and that's when we either chunk it or hit it thin or that sort of thing. I think that's very good advice. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you one of my favorite quotes this morning, a one sentence that could, if I gave you one lesson for the rest of your golfing career, this is it. And I did get this from Fred Shoemaker, his, his company, Extraordinary Golf, a bunch of my guys, good friends, work for him. It's a great company. They do great golf schools. And what Fred told me, probably way too late in my career I learned this, certainly way too late, is he said, listen, Missy, you are not even playing golf until letting go and trusting it is more important to you than where the damn ball goes. Fred didn't say damn. But until you are more committed, <laughs> that, was my, that was my emphatic, a great lesson you're not even playing golf until if you care until you care more about letting go and trusting yourself than where the ball goes that's that's the lesson of 2016 if we simply simply stayed with that that would that would help our golf games and you know, you're such a fantastic teacher in your own right. And I was, you know, as I said, you know, looking at over all your different sites. And one of the things I saw was a picture of you teaching some some young girls. And you had a bounce ball out there. It looked to be like a a small basketball, some tennis balls out there. How do you use those sorts of things to help teach young kids how to play the game? Yeah, thank. You. I think it's great to to learn. Um, you know, there's everything out there now, all the science, all the sports sciences, and I go to all these seminars and get these certifications, but we learn best as athletes. You know, I can teach an athlete how to play golf pretty easier, it, whereas if I have a 14-year-old who's only played golf all their life, it's harder for them to pick up some, you know, movements, some dynamic movements, we'll say, but I, I definitely believe that, and I've been doing that for a long time, and I have my kids. I think the balance is huge. If I can, it's kind of like bucking broncos, you know, like breaking in a bucking bronco horse. If I can get those little 10, 11-year-old boys who play baseball who are stepping all over like they do in the batter's box and real just young boy energy, if I can harness that and get them on an upside-down BOSU ball, they they really get smooth, and I, and I teach them a little bit of hand action. I use all the proper training grips where it's already molded so their hands are on there properly. They get it pretty quick. It's really great to see. That's I, This is a little bit of a joke, but this is how I get a lot of my male adult lessons. 
that these dads come in and bring their young kids and they watch a few of the lessons of me giving a lesson to their kid and it, five minutes later they sign up and they want that a less, that lesson. But you can learn <laughs> a lot. You can learn a lot about your golf swing through other sports. And we throw balls, we run, we twist, we balance. It's it's pretty neat. It's, it's really Yeah, it's really I imagine good. it is. And, Missy, yeah. I saw that um, you went down to the uh, PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando last month. Did, did you see anything new or different down there that particularly caught your eye? It's so high-tech anymore. I, it really is. And I, you know, I stay up here in my little corner of Pittsburgh. My son's a junior. I feel like you and I keep uh, in tabs with each other, so you're watching my son grow up. And I keep saying when my son goes off to college and I have more time, maybe then I'll – you know, venture out into one of the big academies where all these international students come and all the elite kids come. But for now, I just stay in my little corner of the world in Pittsburgh, and I love it. I have great relationships. We have a great community here. But when I do venture out, you see what they're using everywhere, and it's just so high-tech. And I don't know who I am yet. I, I think it's helpful. It's a diagnostic tool, but I think – like anything, it can be used for good and bad, and there's. I, I'm just not sure yet. I think that it's a seduction always. As a player, I'll always be a player, you know, at heart, the way I think. You cannot be seduced by letting something else do your confirming for you. And so all mm-hmm. these tools can be a great way to touch base, get a diagnostic of what you're doing, get a snapshot, and then you need to jump off it and then get in there and pay attention, be aware of where you are, where you are in space, what you're doing, when you're doing it. You know, and that just takes what it takes. That takes that awareness. And I, I'll i preach that until the day I die, no matter how much high-tech stuff I see at the PGA show. So to that end, you talk about being seduced by tools, right? I mean, you were out on, on the LPGA tour for a number of years. I got to imagine, you know, there were, you know, whether it's, you know, Manufact, you know, club manufacturers or ball manufacturers or whoever it was, they were out trying to, you know, get you to try the latest this, that, or the other thing. Um, is that hard? Is it hard not to be seduced by the latest technology? And you know, hey, my, you know, my uh, my driver is going to give you ten more yards, or my ball is going to give you, you know, a flight, you know, a straighter flight path, or this, that, or this other thing. When you're out on tour, is it hard not to be seduced by that stuff? Oh, absolutely. And I'm talking to you now as you know, we're at this stage in our career. So we've you start seeing things over and over and reading things about other players doing these same mistakes. Universal. You know, things things are things don't change. So you know, you can see the landscape better now from this perspective. But when you're twenty one and you feel like you're pretty good, you feel a little cocky, you feel like I can handle that. Well, then you, you you can take that temptation and you can put that money in your pocket because they paid you and you think you can overcome it, you know, deal with it, with it, and it's not as easy as you think. I don't care how great you are at age 20, although these 20-year-old somethings out there are fantastic. But, no, I, I do not think it's as easy to uh, resist all the temptations as we think as young players, that it is. Mm-hmm. And it and takes time you know, to Miss choose it. yourself back. 
you you have to dig yourself back out of the hole that you you know you put yourself in when you go down that road. So yeah, I, to that to that have, point, right? We've seen we've seen a number of players, right? And you know, Corey Pavin always comes to mind first first and foremost when we talk about you know changing from one brand of equipment to another. And I know when he made a switch, you know, he was at the top of his game and switched to a different brand, and and then all of a sudden, you know, we didn't see him for a number of years. Um, Right. And talk about what that's you know. Did you ever have to go through that? You talk about digging yourself out. Did you ever, you know, tr- you know? Hey, I was loyal to this one. This one was working for me. I was going along, and then you know, I, I tried this other one, and boy, did that did that make a uh, was that a bad move for me? <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. I I think we learn. I'd like to think as a as an instructor, what I can do is provide some lessons for my students so that they can learn from my mistakes and not have to learn these hard lessons. And yeah. I'm not. How does life work? I don't know. Do our kids, do our students have to learn on their own, or will they listen to some advice? I'm not sure. But this particular lesson, I did learn by you know experience. But I had a decent few years going on tour. I was playing pretty well, and I got a contract to play a new ball and I thought you know I was feeling like they just said very happy with who I was confident cocky so I took the contract and I actually switched (laughs) I actually switched irons too so I had a new iron and new ball and I started the season off in Florida where it's windy and I couldn't I couldn't get my distances I just and you know that familiarity I can't say the word, familiarity with how far your ball goes is huge. So 10 extra mm-hmm. yards is great, but if it's one time 10, one time minus 5, one time 15, that's a lot of double bogeys with the ball falling up short in the water hazard. And that cost me all the money I made from playing the new ball. I lost for sure in earnings. And I think I tried, I hung in there. I thought I was going to be tough, and I hung in there with the contract for. I think it was a three-year contract, and I bought myself out after the year and a half, and that was a wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I bet. So that's what I'm saying. It's a hard lesson. (laughs) (laughs) And Missy, you talked about venturing out, and you know, as one one of the things I'm very excited to see is that the. You know the LPGA Legends Tour is is gaining momentum, and you know one of our sponsors is the the French Lake Resort up in French Lake, Indiana, and they hosted, you know, they host one of the Legends events up there on their Pete Dye course, which is simply amazing. So, I'm curious, are, are we going to get to see you out playing a little bit more on the uh, on the Legends Tour this season? Well, I just came back from the gym this morning, so I'm fired up. My seems like my shoulder is no longer just dangling off my arm; it actually is working. It feels good. I had surgery last year my hip seems like it's working <laughs> is it terrible to talk like this but yes so the answer is yes I feel I'm feeling pretty good I played at the French Lick I think it was the LPGA uh, championship about two or three years ago and it is a great resort we had a great time we played the Donald Ross course that those putting greens are are very challenging and it was really great I played in the pro-am with a bunch of LPGA pros, and my son, in fact, I made him come to one event with me, and he caddied that event, and that was really, ah. that was nice, that was nice. Uh, so we had, so I have yeah. great memories there. I'll try to turn it on this year and get this body going. 
That's my promise. You know I had uh, a former Penguin star, Dan Quinn, on the show with me last time. The last time that uh, that you joined me on the show, Dan was was on right, uh, I think, right after you. And um, yeah. you know, Dan tells the story about having you know spent some time caddying for for John Daly, and and uh, he was on the bag during uh, one of John's big meltdowns at the 2000 U.S. Open. For those who don't remember, Daly took a 14 on the 18th hole at Pebble Beach after hitting three shots into the water and another one out of bounds, and he famously, you know, infamously stormed off the golf course, withdrew, withdrew from the tournament after that. But, Missy, you know, part of what you teach is about, you know, on the mental side of the game, not just the mechanics of the game, but the mental side of the game. And for those of us, you know, when we all do it, right, we all go through, you know, having a bad hole or a bad stretch of holes. What, what, what is, you know, some of your advice that we can do to kind of, you know, calm our minds down and kind of get back into, you know, get back into the round and come back from that sort of adversity? That is a great question. I, and I, I do say this a lot. It's so easy to have, quote, mental talks. And it's always these theories that we throw out. But when you get right down to it, when you're on a 14th hole and you are just, you know, just choking, just can't even, just can't feel the clock, like, what do you do? So that's the question. You know, as a player, what do you do right then? So if that's the question you're asking me, yeah. here's how I break it. Here's, here's how I break it down. It breaks down real fast. You know, you've got to get common sense, I think. There's so many theories, but you know, <clears throat> one of the best things I think I need, I personally, and a lot, well, I say to a lot, most people, you need to start laughing. You need to start talking. You need to get outside of yourself. We get so bound up as players, I think. You're, we live in our heads, in our heads, in those conversations that are really just only existing in our head. So get out. Whether I, I used to start eating. My caddies, my poor caddies used to tease me. I carried a delicatessen in my bag. I'd start eating <laughs> and I'd get relaxed. I'd start talking to the other caddies or the gallery. I'd start laughing. I would start singing. I would start smiling. Chris, you can't believe how tight our facial muscles get. Like I couldn't even smile sometimes. But I guarantee you, if you ask any players. And it's you know, you could say the technical stuff, it first takes the willingness to want to get happy, blah, blah, blah. But it's so true. You're so PO'd. You're so fired up. You're so depressed and frustrated sometimes. But you have to turn it around and start doing something. And I think, really, I think it's a physical act. I think we're athletes. We're out there moving. I think I had the best success, and I and since my playing career is what I've learned and studied, I really think you can the body language really accesses the mind. I think the quickest. Like I said, you're in the 14th hole. This is not a discussion. You don't have time for a discussion. You need to start moving, whether it's a few jumping jacks, whether it's some deep breaths, whether it's just laughing, fake laughing out loud on purpose to get your body breathing again, to get your coordination and timing back. You've got to do that fast. So those are, like I said, it sounds really common sense, but that's um, it's not easy to do sometimes. And <laughs> along with that, you know the you know the adversity and the stress we you know we we had, we are, we're faced with that on you know on the course. There, you know, there's a fear part of the game as well. You know, it's a, it's a long you know carry 
over water or you know it's a you know particularly difficult shot for whatever obstacle is you know in our way and you have a great video on your site missybertiati.com about believing in yourself and in that video you talk about how the skill part of the game is is you know easier to learn the tough part is how to respond to fear out on the golf course talk about that yeah i love that I teach that. You know where I mostly get responses from that, Chris, the best feedback? I teach corporate women. These these business women really want to advance their business careers, and they realize the way to do that is by playing in the business golf outings with their male colleagues, but they're really intimidated. They're really embarrassed to show up in front of their male colleagues. So what? So we go in and we do some weekend clinics with these women, and, of course, we teach the mechanics of how to hit the balls. And we do. I do it indoors with some plastic balls so we're private. You don't have to worry about embarrassing yourself. And I think that goes real well with the women. Like we teach them just as I teach my, like I said, those 10-year-olds with the balance things and the training aids. So you can really de- develop some great skills. But what you're saying about the embarrassment and how to respond, when, we're, when you're a social being as an adult and we're dealing with um you know, just all the all the levels of corporate, you've got to, you want to look good. That feeling of fear and embarrassment is so strong. So what I tell them is, hey, you can't, you cannot get by this. You're going to, you're going to feel embarrassed and you're going to look silly. You are going to mess up. You cannot, I cannot make you into a pro over a weekend. You are going to mess up. What the, what the difference is, from me, from my perspective as a pro, when I play with new people, I know they're not going to be great. But I like playing with the people when they're not great who respond well from a mistake. I would say it that way. The people that respond from their mistakes by crying, whining, complaining, analyzing, wah, wah. when you spend six hours with a guy or girl like that, oh, my gosh, it's a long day. <laughs> You know, it's a long day. I don't need to hear your whole background theory. I don't need to hear about every ailment you have. I don't need to hear all your excuses, your boyfriend broke up with you. Just, just kind of laugh at yourself, you know, and just kind of be uh, genuine, I would say it that way. So I think when they hear that, I tell them that, like how you respond is really important. All things being equal, we're all going to mess up. And half of the male business golf guys I play with, they're horrible. They're not good golfers, but they, they're they not so stopped. They're not so unwilling to get out there and mix it up. For whatever reason, women are afraid to get out there. And if they could just realize that so many people mess up out there, it's just really how you respond from those mistakes. So we actually practice. We, we develop some routines, post-shot reactions, post-shot facial expressions, maybe post-shot one-liners, just to break the tension, just to break the embarrassment, just to get them breathing again after they just shanked one. Honestly, that's that's a biggie. And it gets light again. It gets fun. That way they can hang in there and play the day. Otherwise, they're walking around on eggshells all day, just not enjoying the day whatsoever. And that's nobody enjoys that. So right. that's that's I think that's a really good 
it's a really worthwhile exercise because that's life. I mean, we've got we all mess up everywhere, and to act like you didn't do it, <laughs> it doesn't happen. We all saw it. Let's just have a quick little laugh about it and go. <laughs> that's okay. great. I'm I'm talking with yeah. LPGA pro Missy Bertiotti, and and Missy, one more uh, before we let you go. And like I've said, you've got a wonderful website. Remind our listeners again what they can find on your site, and then also follow you on uh, social media as well. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I I really enjoy teaching my clinics, my group clinics, and I, I video them. So I understand we all have time restraints. So you can get – I have DVDs that you can just follow along. It's like a in-house exercise yoga tape, follow along. It's all the golf drills. And you can get really good indoors. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that. So I have my DVD of, it's called Drills and Demonstrations, and I probably have about 25 great exercises on there, drills to do. I have my Mental Mastery book, audio book, and the email book, e-book. So I have some neat little, uh, you know, visual and audio that you can get on there. You can download them, pay them right, buy them right there on Amazon. So thank you for checking out. You can see my local programs and I'm in town in Pittsburgh most of the time. We travel a little bit, so please get in touch with me if you're interested in any any of that further. Thank you for that, Chris. Absolutely. And and, and the, just so everyone knows, Missy spells her name M-I-S-S-I-E-B-E-R-T-E-O-T-T-I. So MissyBertiotti.com is really great stuff. Missy, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come back on the show. Like I said at the top, and I mean this very sincerely, you're one of my absolute favorite people before we even talk about what a great guest you are. Thanks a lot. I feel Thank you very much. I feel very flattered. I wish all those um, compliments continued throughout the day within my own home. Usually <laughs> once you get home, it's like, hey, Mom. So thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the pump up for the morning. I'll take it. Thank you, Chris. Missy, take care. I hope you'll come back and join me again soon. Continue to share, you know, your thoughts and your lessons and your insights with us because, like I say, you're fantastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'll be listening. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, Missy. All the best to you and your family. Thanks. That is LPGA Pro Missy Bertiotti. Again, M-I-S-S-I-E-B-E-R-T-E-O-T-T-I, MissyBertiotti.com. Really great stuff. We've got our next guest, Dave Stockton Jr., hanging on the line. We're going to get to Dave on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And now back with me, making his fifth appearance on the French Lick Resort guest line is Dave Stockton Jr. Let me remind you quickly about Dave's background He's from Redlands, California, like his father and his grandfather before him. He was an All-American golfer at the University of Southern California. Joined the then-Nike Tour, now the Nationwide Tour in 1993. Won twice there his rookie year at the Nike Connecticut Open and the Nike Hawkeye Open. Went through Q School in 1994 and earned his tour card and finished 96 on the PGA Tour Munning List that season. And had two third-place finishes that year and another top-ten finish. From 1993 to 2006, Dave had six top ten finishes on the, what's like I say, what's the Nationwide Tour now, and 13 top tens on the PGA Tour. Following his days out on tour, he spent a couple of years as a commentator 
for the USA Network, and he's now one of the top instructors anywhere on the planet. And when he's not helping others improve his golf game, he's out hunting with his dad and his son. And I'm very privileged that he has taken some time this morning to be next on the tee with me. Good morning, Dave. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Chris. Glad to be on again. Good to hear your voice. Same here. So, so Dave, you know, I, I follow you, on, you know, on all the different social media networks. Love following you on Twitter. And for our listeners, please follow Dave. You can find him at DSJR1 on Twitter. A lot of fun. Dave's tweets are uh, are hilarious. And uh, and Dave, you know, I had uh, I had Chris Sheehan on the show a couple of weeks ago, and Chris started his uh, career as a PGA pro out at uh, Bighorn Country Club. And you recently tweeted about a visit out there. It looks like such a beautiful golf course. Talk about what's it like playing it. Well, it's great. Uh, actually, in '93, when I got my Nike card, the year before I got on the regular tour, uh, R.D. Hubbard, Mr. Hubbard, who owns Bighorn, uh, gave me an honorary membership out there. And for 12 or 13 years, I was a member there uh, through my career on the tour, and played there a bunch. Spent most of my time there. Uh, you know, Pro V's on the range, uh, two golf courses. Uh, one the mountains, the other one's the canyons that you saw the picture from 18 the other day. Um, yeah. that's a Fazio course. The Canyons course is a Fazio. Um, a lot of fun to play. Went out there with some friends and, and, uh, had the music playing and, uh, just went out and, uh, had a little match with the guys and had a good time. And, um, the birdies outnumbered the bogeys. So that was a good, it was a good day. There you go. Good for you. <laughs> and, and Dave, you're, you're such a, you know, you're such a great teacher of the game and, and you, you know, you and your father and everyone at Stockton Golf, you guys do such an outstanding job. I'm, I'm curious, you know, from a, you know, what's new for, for 2016, you know, did you have an opportunity to go down to the PGA merchandise show and check out what's, uh, what's new down there? You know, I didn't go, uh, with Nike didn't go there this year. They're changing the way they're doing their, their marketing and, uh, they're going to different events. In fact, uh, my dad was there for Superstroke. Uh, I went to San Diego. I went to the farmer's insurance, um, down here where I am in San Diego right now. And uh, so we kind of tag teamed. He did the show for two days with Superstroke, and I came here to San Diego, worked with our guys. And um, the uh, Nike, I think it's interesting and, and smart in what they do. They always seem to have be ahead of the curve. But instead of being there with, with everybody and just being a sensory overload a bit, um, you know, Phoenix, they had a big suite to the left of 17 with the swoosh prominent shown on TV and everything. And uh, I haven't seen any other marketing like that at, at the Phoenix Open that a, a club maker manufacturer could have. They had a synthetic green uh, from Back Nine Greens built in there uh, where uh, my dad and I uh, had back-to-back days where I did a day of instruction and helping people and talking for four hours, and then my dad did it on Thursday. I did it Wednesday. He did it Thursday. and. Um, spent time. They had a simulator in there that that had the replica of the 17th hole, where you could hit drivers and try to knock it on. And um, they're going to be doing that throughout. They're taking over um, at at Augusta this year at the Masters. They've got the first tee facility, which is literally across the street, somewhere right there, at, right by Augusta National. Um, they've got the facility for the for a week, and they're redoing all the grass, uh, putting in all these different TVs and uh, making it a, a Nike experience uh, that if you're not at Augusta, the place you want to be is at the first tee facility with, with Nike for their their guests and people they're bringing in. So they're obviously spending money in other places instead of just one week at the PGA show. 
Wow, that's fantastic stuff. And you know, um, you know, back nine, you, you, we've talked about you know your relationship with those guys, and you want yep. to talk about some guys doing some spectacular work that you know, you know, you can actually have in in your backyard. But boy, some of the, some of the designs and the things that those guys are doing are absolutely spectacular. Well, yeah, and the, the new thing, like one of the houses, they're just finishing up now. So on the 14th hole at Pebble Beach, the par five to the right, those giant mansions. Uh, he, uh, Don McNappy, who's the president and CEO of Backbone Greens, he he went in there and um, he he put in this. I mean, it's a playground really for golfers, fantasy land. And, and he has what you when you're looking at it, it looks like bunkers, looks like sand. Yeah. It's white. Gra- it's white synthetic grass. And it looks like wow. a bunker, but without without all the mess. And so it's yeah, kind of yeah. like a, it's really cool. And it looks like you're, you know, because the the way they've always done it in the past, if you have a real bunker with a synthetic green, you hit hit out of it, then you get sand all over your green. It doesn't look the same. Well, this never changes. It always looks perfect. And um, you may have seen uh, on Twitter, uh, Mark Wahlberg had uh, Rory McIlroy over during the LA Open to his house, and um, Mark Wahlberg's backyard is is ridiculous. I think he can hit 165 yard shots. He's back in Malibu. Oh my! And he has in this canyon. He has like a Dominic asked me. He said, "What should I build?" And I said, "You should do the 12th hole at Augusta, something like that. You know, the, the par three. And and he did. He kind of did a replica similar without water, but he's got the the narrow green and and the flowers and everything. And it just looks unbelievable. And and Rory was there. They had a picture together. And um, and Rory said it was just a it was an awesome backyard. <laughs> I imagine it is. Holy cow! I mean, that's, it, it's, it, I, I I hate to say what that costs, but I know it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's not uh, for uh, for every uh, for every guy like me that's going to be able to put that thing in your backyard. But I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. Did, and you talk about the LA Open, Dave, and it's interesting. You know, when um, I was hoping to get you to share the story, you know, I, we always love to plug, you know, not only you know what you and Stockton Golf are doing, and you know, your your father's very important to us as well. He's been gracious to come on the show a couple of times, and goodness knows he should already be in in the Golf Hall of Fame. Twenty five professional wins, won the PGA twice, so two majors, finished second at the Masters and and at the U.S. Open during the course of his career. Plus, you know, everything he's done as as a coach and an ambassador of the game but um mm-hmm. there's sort of a famous story of uh he when he uh, was playing in the la open um you know back in 1974 you know and he and sam sneed kind of having some gamesmanship <laughs> going on back and forth during during that event he hits a legendary shot to seal the victory there's a plaque out there on the 18th hole to commemorate where he hit the shot from but do you mind sharing that story yeah um well 74 this is you know it goes back a few, i was six and uh, it was uh, back when there was a little more gamesmanship on the tour, uh, especially the older players uh, tended to do that. And my dad had a had a uh, yeah two shot lead um, going into 17, and on 17 somehow my dad was further than Sam after two shots, and so Sam hits his approach into 17 to about eight feet, and walking by my dad's ball and my dad thought he's going to get his divot and he walked right by his divot kept walking right up to the edge of the green and uh, didn't mark his ball but then just stood right to the side of the green like 15 feet from the hole turned around 
put his hand on his hip and looked back at my dad like, okay, your turn. <laughs> which, you'd ne- which you'd never see someone do that today. And then, uh, so my dad, a little ticked off, um, hit a, didn't hit a very good chip uh, from 100 yards or 105 yards to about 25 feet, and he missed the putt, and Snead made it. And uh, I, I believe they were they're either tied or my dad's one up. I forget. Um, but my dad's fuming. He walks over to 18, and he goes to the other side of the tee. Doesn't want to be anywhere near Sam. And Sam walks over to my dad and says, son, back in 1951, Ben Hogan and I were tied coming into this hole, and I made birdie, and he made bogey, and I beat him. And my dad said, that's nice, Mr. Sneed. And uh, Sneed got up and ripped it right down the middle, and my dad got up and hit a shrimp hook up on the hill to the left and uh, got over there and you know, he's looking at his lie, which is sitting up in the Kikuya. That's the one saving grace, although the ball's a foot below his feet. And he's 244 yards away from the pin. So he takes his three-wood out. And now Sneed's ball is 40 yards, 50 yards further down the fairway. And he's way up there. But Sneed's standing right next to my dad's golf bag with my dad's caddy. You picture this in today's game. You'd never see something. And uh, so my dad... Caddy comes over, and my dad grabs the club, and he says, move that SOB back, you know. Don't, I don't want him standing right there. And so my dad takes his three wood and gets up. And, you know, remember, these are these were real woods. I mean, I don't know if, if you look at the old-time right. clubs. This isn't a – this is a very small head, steel shaft, you know. And he hits this 240 – hits this three wood as, as good as he can to about 12 feet. And my dad takes – while everybody's cheering – my dad takes the club, the butt of the, the head of the club, and puts it right underneath underneath Sneed's chin and says, I bet Hogan didn't hit a shot like that in 51. And slammed <laughs> the club back in his bag. Slammed the club back in his bag and walked and walked on. Well, Sneed hit a hit an indifferent shot, and my dad made birdie, and Sneed didn't, and my dad wins the tournament. And so there's a plaque there. And my dad went right up to the press room afterwards, went right up and told them the story of what Sneed did. Wow. And uh, Sneed was Sneed was ticked off that my dad would say something like that. But my, my dad goes, Sam, you could see it on TV, so it wasn't anything, you know. But you know, a lot of Sneed's career was was done when there wasn't TV, right? Um, so, and the and the and the other classic was later that summer, which now the John Deere Classic. It was the Quad Cities back in '74. Uh, Sneed was leading. It was the last tournament he ever led on tour, and it was the final round, and my dad shot 64 in the final round to, to beat Snead again. And so the last two chances Snead had to win, my dad uh, took it from him. And needless to say, uh, my dad never got a Christmas card from uh, Snead. But, uh, <laughs> I bet he didn't. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing it, Dave. Sure. So I'm curious, any, any more whispers in the wind about about your dad getting into into the hall this season again? Long overdue. Yeah, you know, I it, it seems like there's more and more talk about it, but um, you know, it, we'll see. Um, it, it again, like we've talked about in the past, it seems like these, you know, the older players are the kind of the forgotten ones, and yeah. uh, you know, it's you know people don't remember watching my dad play and you know you look at you just look at the 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 body of work that he put in and for his career and you know i mean we've we've talked quite a bit about it 
um, and, you know, feel that, you know, the teaching side of things now with that added to everything he's done from what he was as a player to what he was as an ambassador for the game, the corporate world of golf, to now uh, teaching the game. Um, That's a lot of things and a lot of years doing it at at the best, being the best in, in, you know, so I feel confident that eventually I'll get in. Um, you know, obviously we're we're pulling for it, um, and uh, right. hopefully that uh, hopefully that happens this year. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, pulling right alongside you. I promise you that. Dave, I um had Bob Friend Jr. on the show last week, and Bob is a a member out at out at Oakmont, and he said that you know they are expecting the greens. Uh, this season to be rolling once we get to the U.S. Open out there that you're know, going to be rolling a 13 plus, and mm-hmm. um, you know you and your father are such <laughs> great, you know, great teachers of you know of putting. I'm curious how how in the world do you you know teach? Or how would you you know tell Rory or how you know any of us? How do you putt greens that are rolling 13 plus? Well, you know the we like the faster the greens the better because um, you don't have to hit putts. Um, Obviously, it's uh, extremely important to be below the hole. Uh, Oakmount screens are as difficult as they come, and if guys are hitting it above the hole, uh, you're going to be in trouble. Um, if they're rolling at 13, it's going to be key to be below it. And, you know, sometimes at 30 feet below the hole is better than 10 feet above it or 5 feet above it. Um, that'll be a key that week. Uh, and And then when the greens are that quick, really, to just keep the putter low to the ground, and not stop right at impact or come up. That's the tendency when people get tentative on really fast greens or a downhill putt as the putter stops or the putter mm-hmm. comes up instead of just staying low to the ground. I like There's a, a thought I like to have when greens are extremely quick is uh, how long can I keep the ball on the putter face? And that mm-hmm. that keeps you from hitting a putt. It's more, it's more of a brush, more of a rolling it down your line, how long you can keep the ball in the putter face is going to allow you to have a stroke that's much uh, more fluid and and uh, consistent. And, and and one of the things that you guys teach, you know, about the putting stroke, to your point a moment ago, is is you know the follow through. And so many of us are taught that you know sort of the amount of backstroke should equal the amount of follow through that we do, which you know winds up with with the putter blade. To you, as you said just a moment ago, you know the putter blade is now higher off the ground and, and that's not at all what you talk about how do we keep it low to low to the ground well the, the if the putter goes back far enough it won't have to go through as far um you're not stopping at the ball but it's not if you take it back short you're going to be accelerating and coming up because the putter is going to be going further um but if the putter goes back far enough and you have the same rhythm back and through you don't need to have that force extending a lot further does that make sense yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's my dad would always put a club down, um, you know, low and say, okay, keep your putter underneath that. Well, the way I kept it underneath it without hitting a putt was let the putter go back, and then when I went through it, didn't have to go through near as far um, as the backstroke was. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great tip. That's a great advice as well. And Dave, you know, as as you know, you talked you talked about you know Nike earlier, and and you know you and your father do have done a lot of work with Rory. I'm curious to kind of get your thought. You, your father played out on tour during the time that mm-hmm. you know, Jack Nicklaus, Terry Player, Arnold Palmer, you know, the big three were major factors 
on tour when your dad was out there. Thoughts on you know on what we're seeing now? Do we are we seeing a, a reincarnate of the big three or maybe even big four when you take a look at you know what Jordan Spieth has done, Rory McIlroy has done, Jason Day coming on and getting the monkey off his back for the majors at you know towards you know the middle and end of last season. Ricky Fowler uh, you know is playing awfully well and we may see him yeah. finally get the monkey off his back for a major. Is, is, is this just a, you know, so many guys are now in contention, or do you think these guys can dominate the way the big three did for so much of the, the 60s and early 70s? Well, they definitely, you know, they've got that potential. Uh, they showed it this past, the past year. Uh, the past year is, was really exciting for fans of golf to watching it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the things that they're going to have to fight is, you know, staying uh, hungry and and continuing to do the things that have put them in that position. Um, you know, the, the we talk about the big three, you know, and, and I always say, well, I wasn't at the big four. I mean, Casper's career was ridiculous, yeah. but because but because he wasn't IMG, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a part of the same uh, people running the stuff he was kind of left out and, and there was a career he had was every bit as good as those guys. Um, but yeah, these guys today, um, <laughs> there's no question that they've elevated their games. Um, and it, it'll, it's great for golf. Um, I don't, it, there's so much parody now in the game. Uh, I think for people to have the, the the long term like the big three did for a long time they were they were you know the guys um that'll be hard to sustain in this day and age but it can definitely happen i mean nobody thought tiger would do what he did you know um and play and players are playing better uh at older ages too so guys are continuing to you know, stay healthy and continue to work hard and and keep their level of play at a at a premium level. So it's, it's just, uh, yeah, I absolutely think that they could separate themselves, but we also might see new guys come in, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many young guys now that are just unbelievable. It's Justin Thomas kids, you know, really, really good. Um, yeah. There's so many young guys that are coming up that hit the ball a country mile and, and they don't have any fear and they just, they go play and, it's it's refreshing and fun to see. Uh, it's a, definitely a new wave. I'm talking with Dave Stockton Jr. here on Next on the T. And, uh, Dave, just a couple more before we let you go. First of, first and foremost, as you just talked about, guys playing, you know, better longer, right? I mean, we yep. saw Davis Love, you know, win a golf tournament. You know, Phil Mickelson has gotten himself into contention into a couple of golf tournaments, you know, already this season. Talk about, you know, the the ability to, you know, continue to play long, you know, play well. You know, Phil's obviously in his in his uh, you know in his late forties, but you know, Davis Love is into his fifties. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it it it's it's the uh, they're they're physically well. They're taking care of their bodies for one. I mean, Davis is in phenomenal shape. Phil's in the best shape he's ever been in. Um, and they both hit it a long way. So <laughs> you have that, you know, you have that combo. Um, it's just, it's, again, it gets back to staying hungry. Um, you know, they both have all they could ever want financially and at peace with everything. Um, are they still hungry to go out and 
and and put the work in to beat kids that are 20, 25 years younger, 30 years younger. Uh, so, I mean, when Davis won last year at Greensboro, I mean, that was phenomenal. That was, right. you know, just amazing. And Phil started out this season playing very well, so that's been that's been great to see. Um, obviously, the work he's doing with his the new swing coach he has in, in Phoenix has uh, been uh, showing signs of really doing really working. And let's talk a little bit about your website, StocktonGolf.com. Talk about what uh, what folks can find out there and uh, some new and exciting things that you guys have coming up this year. Yeah, well, my dad and I are, are uh, just doing our, our same thing again. We're, we've uh, opened up uh, one thing that we, we, we do enjoy doing, and um, if clubs are interested, um, we get pros that call us from clubs and say, hey, would you guys come out and do a, uh, a day or two a clinic for a day or two for for our members, and they get fifteen. They get fifteen to twenty members or so uh, that that uh, sign up for us to come out, and we'll do like a four hour clinic, um, and then have lunch uh, one day. Next day, come out. We'll do breakfast, and then do another four hour clinic. Think we have a different group, another fifteen to twenty people. Um, that's been kind of our answer to the old golf school uh kind of setup which to me a golf school is like saying hi we got a really nice typewriter at home it's a little outdated <laughs> um that's i just i i'm not a fan of golf schools because you, you who are you working with and you know you're a number you're not you know they, they want to get as many as they can and then you're getting a little bit of instruction but what are you really working on um and my dad and i come in and we personalize it um and the you know the the instruction that we're giving is is you know through the years of us and what we've learned in the game and what we've passed on to our players and how we played the game uh at the highest level so it's fun to be able to give that back to people we we really enjoy it and then the the lunches and if we do a dinner at a club it it, it can vary um but we enjoy that cuz you know people ask questions or ask ask about stories about tour or 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 whatever and we're always uh you know we're we're available for those and and they're fun to do um and people really get a personal uh experience and a lot more hands-on approach uh than just being you know okay do this and work on this and I'll come back in a half hour and see you that's not how we work <laughs> So. <laughs> and that sounds fantastic. I mean, tell our listeners and then you know folks from clubs around you know around the world if they want you know they want to get something like that and schedule something like that with you and your father. How can they do it? Yeah, they can go to StockingGolf.com and uh, Stacy uh, in our office will um, be glad to uh, you know look at our look at the schedules and see and we can figure out a date that works. Um, but uh, you know we enjoy doing those and. Um, and if there's clubs that if there's people that are interested in that, that's our that's our answer to the because I get asked all the time, you know, where where are your schools at? Well, I teach I teach both at Del Mar Country Club in San Diego where I'm at right now, and then I teach at at Stone Eagle in Palm Desert, um, in the Palm Springs area, and my dad teaches in Redlands, so we're we're all over. But you know, we the golf school stuff we tried it when we first started the teaching thing. We started. We did a couple schools like in 2010, and uh, and we did it at the Grand Del Mar, which is a beautiful hotel and a great area to do them. And, and it was. I think it's hard for people to have 
hey, here's the dates we're going to do it. Well, people aren't always free those dates. And <clears throat> for us to say, hey, we'll come into your club, you know, you put a, you know, here's here's the date, a couple months out or whatever, three months out, and then you have a sign-up sheet for members that want to want to be a part of it, and they sign up. And that's, it's really been well-received, and then we come in and, and uh, personalize it. That's great stuff. Again, StocktonGolf.com. You can follow Dave, and again, he's a great follow on Twitter, at DSJR1. Dave, thanks so much for taking time out of your morning to come back and be a part of the show. Always outstanding to have you as a thanks, guest. Chris. Fantastic, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for right, having Dave. me on again, and look forward to being on again. Yeah, no, I look forward to having you again. In the meantime, all the best to your father and everyone in your family. I hope we uh, get the opportunity to catch up again soon, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, maybe I'll see you at Augusta. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Look forward to it. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Yep. Bye. That is PGA Pro Dave Stockton Jr. Again, StocktonGolf.com. He's he's a great follow on Twitter. Their site's fantastic. A lot of good tools and tips that you can find on on their on their site. And uh, hopefully, I do get the opportunity to catch up with Dave at, uh, again this year out at Augusta. All right, we've got our next guest hanging on the line, Debbie O'Connell. We're going to get to Debbie on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And now back with me making her first, fourth appearance on the French Lick Resort guest line is Debbie O'Connell. Let me remind you quickly about Debbie's background. She is an LPGA Class A teaching and club professional. In 2002, she was named the LPGA National Professional of the Year and the LPGA Southeast Sectional Professional of the Year. 2004, her high school alma mater, Ridgeway High up in uh, New Jersey, inducted her into their Athletic Hall of Fame. She was recognized by Golf Digest as one of the top 50 female teachers in America in both 2010 and 2012 and was named a top 50 instructor by the LPGA in 2008 and 9. She won the inaugural Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award back in 2007 and she has been a media pro featured in Ladies Links for Golf Magazine, LPGA.com, hosted the Debbie O'Connell radio show for a decade and par for the course TV show. She's the founder of Golf Positive, which offers multimedia and, and live educational opportunities to ha- enhance both your golf game and your life. Plus, you're seeing her share her instructional tips more and more now on the Golf Channel as well. And Why? Because she's great. That's why. And every time I have Debbie on the show, she makes my cheeks hurt because she makes me smile so much. And it's fantastic that she is back with me and next on the tee this morning. Hey, Debbie, how are you, my friend? Well, after that introduction, I can't be anything but absolutely fabulous. Chris, I'm telling you, we all should read our own resume every day before we start the day and go, wow, look what I've done and celebrate and then get excited to go out and do more. Because that, that really felt great. Thank you for all of that. Absolutely. You're welcome. And so, Debbie, today I, I want to start with first, you know, I, you know, my next guest, Tim Hurria, is going to be joining me. And you're, you're doing some work with Tim and, uh, and Tony Robbins. They've got an event coming up down in Palm Beach, Florida next month to help folks both transform their lives and their golf game. So I'm curious, talk about what you're going to be doing down at that event. Chris, I am so ecstatic about this event. About a year ago, I attended the Tony Robbins UPW, which is Unleash the Power Within. And I, it, it has really taken my life to the next level. It, 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 it 
basically helps you get rid of your limiting beliefs, set big dreams and goals, and then go after them. I actually have my book from that event, and I was just reading through some of my notes, and I'm checking off things that I said I wanted to accomplish over, you know, the next year, and here I am a year later, and I'm doing check marks that, wow, I did that, I did that. So, you know, Tony's all about getting people to take action, take massive action on the goals that they want to achieve in their life. And we're going to take that then to the golf course. So there's a UPW in Palm Beach, Florida, at the Palm Beach Convention Center, March 10th through the 13th. The golf portion is the next day, the 14th, and that will be at Palm Beach National. So we're going to build on what you learn and how energized you get and the dreams you want. And Tony's a golfer, so he uses a lot of analogies with golfer stories about his golf career that he's had and, and the the learning process with golf and how he set goals. And he worked with Tim. Tim is his instructor. And Tim will tell you a lot more about that. But So you'll hear golf throughout the four days working with Tony, and then we take it to the golf course. And Tim and I are going to take it to the next level in your golf game and help everybody to get out on the golf course and be in peak state for every single golf shot. And then how to react to your golf shot. Because as you know, we're going to hit some really good ones, but we're also going to hit some we're not so happy with. And how you react to that and move on and still play an awesome round of golf. So we're going to get in peak emotional state and preparation for to play your best golf. And, and we think that's a lot of what people aren't taught. So many times you go to a golf clinic or golf school, and it's a lot of times about techniques so much. And I know now, which is awesome, you know, and even Dave, you know, what he talks about with their schools, it's so much more than just, you know, being on swing plane or the position you are at the moment of truth impact. It's it's about the physical body, and many are doing TPI, and Tim and I both are trained in TPI, so we're going to touch on some of the physical aspect of of the golf swing and how important that is. Uh, to succeed and play your best golf. So that's what it's about. It's about taking everything to the next level. Yeah, no, it sounds like a fantastic event. So, yeah, I look forward to you know, talking to Tim a little bit more about it here a little bit later in the show. And, and Debbie, let's, but let's, let's take that, you know, a step further because being positive isn't something that, you know, you're going to talk about at this event or, you know, when you're speaking to a large group of folks and then you sort of move on to something else. You know, you, you have an infectious smile and a message, you know, every day on your Twitter page about, you know, being positive and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's so, you know, golfpositive.com is your site. Talk about that as a choice, being positive and having a positive look uh, outlook as a choice that, you know, that we should be making every day. Well, we are in charge. What's so awesome is that we're in charge of the thoughts we put in our mind, which actually affect how we feel. So you're in charge of how you feel. You're in charge of your own body language. And the bigger you stand with your chest out, your chin up, and in a confident state. And I think last time on the show we talked about power posing, standing in a superhero pose for two minutes, and your testosterone goes up and your cortisol goes down. So you're actually in charge of your hormones. I mean, who knew we had so much control of our own happiness every single day? And like I said to start the show, I mean, there is nothing wrong with thinking each morning about some of your accomplishments and celebrate them and be proud of yourself. Every single morning when I wake up, my first thought is, what am I thankful for? And that's going to start my day off so well that uh, in, in an attitude of gratitude every single day. So the first, that's the first thing I do. And, and usually it's about the people in my life and that, that the people I love and who love me and, 
and what I'm doing in my life. And then I'll choose something that's a little on a smaller scale. Like it might be a chair or it might be the fact that there's toilet paper. I mean, it could be something silly. And I go, man, but you know what? Today, you know what it was today? It was about a car. I'm like, you know what? I'm so thankful we have cars to get around and go places. You know, way to go, Henry Ford. You know, and, you know, just that thankfulness and the appreciation of what we have in life, besides all the great stuff about being loved and the people we're with. So that's how I start my day. I think about that. What am I thankful for? And then I think about what I want to accomplish on that day. I kind of go through this um, my four-step strategy for success is core, core triumph. The C is for coach, O is for outcome, which is your goals of the day, and then R would be your reasons why you want that, and then E is the execution plan. So I kind of think about my day for a moment, and I think, you know, are there any mentors or coaches I need, or what books do I need to read, or videos do I need to listen to to be motivated myself and, and keep my energy going, and and the belief or what I need to learn. I'm constantly trying to learn. And then I uh, think about my outcome. Like I had a, a great golf lesson this morning with a six-year-old boy. And actually, you know what? He's seven now and his dad. And so I thought about that a little bit, what, what I want to do with that. And then your show, I'm like, wow, what, what, what outcomes do we want out of the show? I want to encourage people to, you know, live a positive life and, and take control of their own thoughts and be positive. And you know what? Sometimes, Chris, a negative thought comes in you know, or something negative happens. But then it's your chance to decide, do you want to let that in or do you want to block it? You know, if it's something you can't control anyway, like traffic, there's no use saying, oh, my gosh, why is all this traffic here? Or what am I going to do with this traffic? Or how can I get through this traffic? Or how long is this traffic going to be here? You can ask those questions or you can say, okay, while I'm sitting here, what can I accomplish? You know, can I make a quick phone call or can I record some notes on my phone of things I want to do later or just think about good things you want to accomplish or maybe things you have accomplished and put yourself in a better state of mind. So you're in charge. I mean, that's the thing I think people really need to know. If you're sad and depressed, you know, decide you want to change that. Stand up taller. Put good thoughts in there. Be thankful. What do you want to accomplish? Dream big. You know, I read a great quote by, oh, my gosh, you might have to help me with his name. The guy who has the huge airline, he was going to fly to uh, have a rocket to the moon. Sir? Oh, yeah, um, uh, Richard. Oh, uh, Grant, uh, um, I, Virgin Branson? Airlines, Is you're it, talking. Yeah, Virgin Airlines. He said, yeah. if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. You know, so dream big. It's fun. Think about the score you want in, on the golf course and picture it and just say it's possible. It's possible. I get my students to do an it's possible scorecard where they write the lowest score they've had on each hole that they've played. And then if they get lower the next time they play, it's like a ringer score, then they change that score. And then they change it. Before you know it, they've made lots of pars and birdies, and then they have this score over here. And all they have to write on top is it's possible and keep striving for that. And one day, all of it may actually come together for you. There you go. So, Debbie, talk about you know taking that out on under the golf course, taking all that positivity with you out on the golf course. And you've got a a wonderful video that's on uh, thegolfchannel.com about you know positive self talk and what we need to do when we're facing with you know faced with a pressure shot, whether it's you know a long one over the water or just you know because of you know, it's a shot that it's meaningful, whether it's in, you know, with our buddies for our, our weekly NASA or in a member guest or that sort of thing. How how do we take that positive talk 
then talk ourselves. You've talked about posture and all that sort of thing. How do we get ourselves, you know, out of, oh, my goodness, if I leave this short, it's going to go in the water and I'm going to lose, and, turn, and flip that around? I'll tell you a quick story about me where I was in a situation where I was more nervous than I ever felt in any sport. And it was actually bowling. It wasn't golf. But bowling is very similar. You have a lot of time between shots. And uh, I wasn't drinking. It wasn't one of those kind of nights. It was one of those nights where it was big, and and I was a pretty serious bowler at one time. And I had, uh, for about a year before, I I would get, like, to seven strikes in a row, and I'd get nervous. And I'd start thinking, oh, man, I wish I didn't feel so nervous. And I focused on the nerves. And then I'd blow it. And then maybe I got eight strikes one time, and I think the most I had was nine. And, And I kind of said to myself, you know what, I get too nervous to be in that situation it's okay if I never have a 300 game. And here I am. I was over a 200 average bowler. I had some big series. I won some tournaments. And and so I'm like, you know what? That's a great bowling career. If I don't have a 300, that's fine. So I kind of gave up on that dream for a little while. And then I probably three months later, I thought about it again. And I was bowling well. I said, you know what? I want to have a 300 game. That's what bowlers want to do. So, you, you know, let's get in that situation. And here's a quote that I heard by Billie Jean King, and she said, pressure is a privilege. So I decided I want that privilege of being in a situation where I have 11 strikes in a row and I don't think I can walk. So I changed my whole mindset, and I thought, started thinking it's possible. So here I was. I, I actually was taking some bowling lessons from uh, Nelson Burton, Jr., Bo Burton. He, he's actually a very good golfer as well. And he lived in the area where I was, and he's a Hall of Famer, PBA bowler. And a really nice guy. And we had a lesson the day before. And I really, I was so excited. I threw the ball so well. I felt great. I go in the league. And it was one of those, I was so excited. I was going up there so fast. I had a, like a 167 game. And so I was like, just settle down. You're really throwing the ball well. Well, then, Chris, I got in my groove. Strike after strike after strike after strike. So I get to the 11th frame. And I have 11 strikes in a row. And now I literally don't know if I can walk. I am so nervous. My heart is pounding. It's, I feel like my heart's going to come out of my chest. I my hands are shaking. My legs are shaking. You know, I'm in that situation. But here's what I did, and this is what I want everybody to learn, because I want people to know that no matter how your body feels, as far as the nerves and shaking, you can succeed. It's all in, one, where you focus. So I didn't think about how my body was feeling at all. I focused on the next ball I was going to throw. So I picked up my bowling ball, and I got in my stance, and I just said, me and my spot, because, you know, I'm bowling their spots on the lane, so I was going to roll over this certain spot. I took a deep breath. A deep breath really helps you. I mean, it helps you in so many different ways, but it definitely does uh, relax your body a little bit and get some tension out. Even though you feel nervous, the tension kind of leaves. So I say I get the focus, so that's number one. Second, a nice deep breath. And then I just said, yes. So that was my positive self-talk at that point. I didn't say much else in my mind. I just wanted to focus, but the yes was my affirmation and my positive. So I took that deep breath, and I just said yes, and I went. And my body just felt as nervous as it could be, but I threw a great ball. And that's the point I want to bring up. You can make a great golf swing in that situation. You can succeed. So the keys are focus, breathe positive affirmation and before all that that positive posture the power pose get yourself before like as i was waiting for my ball to return after the 11 strike i stood nice and tall i kept my chin up 
and and I didn't realize this was the power pose at the time, but I I can remember myself standing there waiting, and I was just looking at those pins, and and just feeling confident. You know, when we stand up, I mean, everyone knows it. You can just stand up tall, and it, it's a confident pose. So it's the power power pose, the confident posture beforehand. Focus, breathe, positive affirmation, and and those pins, Chris went flying. I hit that pocket. I jumped up and down like uh, you know, little baby, a little kid finding out they were going to Disney World. I started crying like a baby. It was the most exciting thing because it was a big dream and a big challenge that I wasn't positive I could accomplish accomplish it. I knew it was possible, but I wasn't positive. So when you're in that situation to win the club championship and you're coming down 18 and all your members are out there watching and it's an exciting time and you're on that tee and your heart's beating and there's water right, out of bounds left, you focus on that target. Stand tall and positive before as your playing partner's hitting or just before you tee it off. Focus on target. Take a deep breath. Say something positive. And, and you'll do well. That's, you really will do great as long as you don't focus on the nerves. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. That's fantastic. I'm talking to uh, Debbie O'Connell here on Next on the T. Debbie, one more before we let you go. And really, I mean, you've, talk, you've, you've given us so many things to take away from from this conversation but for those of us heading out to the golf course whether it's today tomorrow whenever give us give us another thing that uh that maybe can help us shave a stroke or two off our scores well i i as you say play today or tomorrow tomorrow up in jersey here it's going to be almost 60 degrees so i am so excited for all those people want to dust off the their clubs and get out there and play so that's for sure I would say the things that want to be is to enjoy yourself out there and, you know, ha- set a high expectation, have a high standard of the shot you plan on hitting. And then whatever happens, accept the result, love it. And Tim's going to talk more about this, but love something about the shot and enjoy yourself out there. You know, the realization that when you watch golf on TV, they're the best players in the world and they hit poor shots. So who are we who aren't those people playing on TV to think we won't hit a poor shot? So here's here's the thing you want to do. Plan it like you want to execute it. See it exactly the way you want it. Know the outcome you want. And then swing like you don't care. That's kind of the advice I tell people all the time. And then enjoy whatever happened. And and appreciate every moment out there. You know, life is life is short. Don't make your golf round miserable. And I guarantee you, if you're having fun, if you are having a good time out on the golf course, you will you will absolutely play better. There's no doubt about it. So enjoy yeah. yourself and give yourself a break. See it the way you want it, but then accept what happens and have a great time. Great advice. doesn't get better than that, and it doesn't get better than you. Debbie, thank you so oh, much. Chris, you're awesome. I tell you what, I, I enjoy your show. I enjoy your tweets and and, uh, and your support and what you do for the whole golf industry. You're just amazing, and uh, I'm glad to call you a friend, too. Uh, same here. Thank you so much, Debbie, for uh, for all of that, for spending your time with me today, and I hope you'll come back again soon and share more of it. Like I say, every time I get to spend you know, 15, 20 minutes with you, my cheeks hurt because i I got to smile for 15 or 20 straight minutes. It's fantastic having you on the show. Thank you. I love being on, Chris. You're awesome. All right, Debbie, take care. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. All right, I look forward to it. Take care, Debbie. We'll catch up soon. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.
That is Debbie O'Connell. Again, follow her on Twitter, you know, at Golf Positive. As, as you can see, from the way that she, you know, that she talks and the things that she shares and the things that she focuses on and gives us to focus on in, you know, in our golf games and in life, it doesn't get better than that. And you can understand why she's at Golf Positive. So we look forward to catching up with Debbie hopefully again real soon. We've got our next guest, Tim Hurry, hanging on the line. We're going to get to Tim on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Tim Hurrier. Let me give you some background on Tim. He is a PGA professional and a peak performance strategist. As you heard from, from Debbie and back at the top of the show in the intro, he works with Tony Robbins. And uh, like Debbie, he'll be down at the Palm Beach, uh, down in Palm Beach, uh, March 10th through the 14th to help unleash the power within and improve, you know, your golf game. And we are very excited that uh, we get him. This is the first time Tim's on the show. He's a rookie with us, and it's fantastic that he is next on the team with me this morning. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Hey, Chris. I'm just having an outstanding day. Thanks for having me on. Ah, so it's a pleasure to have you here. So, and Tim, as as we say, you know, you're you're partnering up with with Tony Robbins. How how did you guys get started out working together? Wow, what a what a question. I had, uh, you know, you, you look back in life, and there's some there's some phone calls or some introductions that uh, that were like, you know, a pivotal point in your road on this on this planet. And mine came uh, Christmas Day, 1999. I at the time I had a golf travel business. But I was also working with a company called Natural Golf, and and I helped train about 120 instructors around the world on this this uh, method that was based on uh, Mo Norman's golf swing, Canadian Hall of Famer. So I get the call, and it's, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, what do I need to do? Well, you need to fit Tony Robbins for golf clubs and teach him golf. So that's kind of where it started. Uh, he, uh, he he showed up. Uh, kind of some interesting stories he actually broke my driver over his back in the middle of this club fitting the very first time around picked up the broken pieces my tour shaft that i just had done in my driver hands me both pieces and goes ah you better order me about four or five of those <laughs> like there were baseball bats so that's kind of how it started <laughs> So, yeah. and, and Tim, you know, for as, as we, you know, as Debbie shared a lot about, you know, the event you guys have got coming up, but I'm interested, you know, give our listeners some more detail about what the event is down in Palm Beach and what it's all about and how they can get involved. Well, you know, the key thing is after meeting Tony, he started inviting me to his events. And at that time in my life, I was 32, that was 16 years ago, so you know where I'm at now. And... I I went there literally thinking I don't need any Tony Robbins. My life is great. I you know, but I'll go. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, but I'll go and see what makes him tick, so I can teach him better golf. That was really the the 32 year old cocky guy that I guess I was back then. And I walked out of there, Chris, after six days. Life was never the same again. That was his date with Destiny event, and then I eventually went to his Unleash the Power Within and some of his other events. And just honestly, I, I, I had never really understood what Tony was about. I thought he was going to go give you a bunch of advice, which it wasn't. It was really him putting you in a great environment, and that's really what this Unleash the Power Within event is. It's an environment where you're going to get the truth. And the truth is what we all know will set us free. 
And we always have these little stories that we tell ourselves about why we can't get what we want. And what we, Tony identifies those as limiting beliefs. Oh, I can't hit this shot in golf or, oh, I can't do this in life. Whatever it is, that's what this weekend really is all about. And I tell you, everybody that I get to serve now, God, it was five years ago, I, I looked at Tony and said, uh, I took him out for his birthday, which, by the way, his birthday is Monday, and uh, which makes him a February 29th baby. So he turns 15 on Monday. Really, he'll be 56. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, and I looked him in the eye and I said, I'm in. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, what's that mean? I go, I don't know, but I love transforming golf games, but I really want to transform lives with you. And that's, that's what I've been privileged to, you know, been able to be on this team for the last five years and connect with people from over 100 different countries. I now get to serve over 20,000 people, and I get to hear the before stories, and I get to see these breakthroughs at these events and hear what happened in their life afterwards, you know, whether in their personal life or their professional life. I've actually got some, some PGA Tour pros. I've had some LPGA Tour pros go to unleash the power within and i think what uh, if i could best describe this event in maybe you know four little tiny points because it's nothing like you'd ever imagine a live event but i'd say imagine the best concert you've ever been to where you just couldn't sit down i mean you were moving you just felt the groove the energy was amazing Combine that with maybe the best sporting event you've ever been to where your team wins, and it's like the biggest celebration you've ever had in your life. And then combine it with, a, with an educational and a spiritual experience, and you're starting to just scratch the tip of what an Unleash the Power Within event is going to be. I mean, we're going to have 8,000 people from around the, the world at this, and uh, I do have, uh, like I said, I do have a couple PGA Tour players that are going, and they know that when it comes down to this game of golf and this game of life, it really is proper use of our minds. And how can we put ourselves in that peak state? That's why we start out with a fire walk the very first night, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you're going to walk on fire. No, we're not, it's not about walking on fire. It's about walking on these coals to – to test the fact that you've got yourself to a state where you won't get burned. And I see it, you know, out of 8,000, there's always one or two people that don't follow the directions that get up to the firewalk and then they run across the coals because they freaked out. And those are the ones that get hot spots. You know, it's just like putting your finger on a stove. Yeah, you can get hot real quick and, you know, it hurts and usually it's gone the next day. But 99% of everybody listens to what Tony coaches them in doing, and they'll walk across these hot poles on that very first night, and they'll get to the other side, and they'll celebrate like crazy to kind of anchor it in. And Tony always says, make your move. And if you've ever heard Tony say that, your move, we all seen like Tiger's move, right? When he would make those putts, he'd come with that huge uppercut, you know, fist pump, you know, and you could just see that, that was when he was, he would do that move. And that's kind of what we get when we do the fire walk that first night, we get ourselves to a state where we can then make our move at any time. Hey, and I use it all the time, whether it's a, you know, public speaking, which, you know, can get anybody nervous or it's, you know, standing over that, that uh, 15 foot putt, maybe to win the club championship or, or to throw that perfect 300 game. Like Debbie said, 
I call it, I make my move, and that just puts me in that state. And that's first night. And then we go deeper and discover some of the things uh, that are holding you back. I'll, I'll tell you, my, I, I coach everybody that comes into this event, whether you pray, you believe in the universe, whatever it is, throw the intention out there. If there's anything holding me back in life, especially the stuff that I don't see, reveal it. And I always say, and God, reveal it and help me, you know, crush it because I want to be that masterpiece that I know that I've been created to be. And, and I think that's, that sums up the weekend, you know, in a, in a, you know, a few points right there. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. You, can, you know, and it's, you know, for, for our listeners, you know, right now that either, you know, they're sitting in front of their computer or they're out and about and they've got their, their cell phone and they're looking, how, how do I get involved? How do I can I find out more information about this? Tell them how to go find it online. Well, online, yeah, you could definitely, uh, hey, I would love to connect with everyone personally that enrolls. This is what I get to do. This isn't one of those, you know, just go sign up online deal. I want to take care of every single solitary person. We're limited to a small field with just the golf event on Monday, but everyone is welcome. We have, if you go online right now and you see TonyRobbins.com, you can see all the information right there on the event March 10th through the 13th. If you do decide to call in and use the 800 number, make sure that you ask for Tim or say, hey, I was on the golf radio show and, and, uh, and I really want a little bit more information about the golf event. But at Tony's has five different seating levels at this event. We've got everything set up as a VIP seat, which is normally $16.95 for these four days. We have a money-back guarantee that after the break on day two, if you don't think it was absolutely everything you wanted, we just gave you a, a day and a half with Tony for free. We will refund 100%. That's Tony's crazy big offer. And um, But, you know, get through to me. I'm really the one to, to get everybody enrolled. We've got a special. It's not uh, $1,695. It's $995 for the golf, I mean, for the Unleash the Power Within event. That's Thursday through Sunday. And then for the golf clinic with Debbie and I and the golf day with out at uh, Palm Beach National Golf Club, we've got the golf cart, we've got breakfast, lunch, the clinic, and uh, lots of other things to love on all of our golfers and tie in the weekend and how it's going to transform your golf game and your life. So, you know, and I'm happy to give out my direct line too or uh, my email address if anybody wants to, you know, hit me up just straight up. Uh, I'm here to spoil anyone who'd like to, you know, explore coming and joining us. That's great stuff. I'm uh, I'm talking to Tim Hurria here on Next on the T, and uh, Tim, a couple more before we let you go. And, and and one of the things on your Facebook page, you've got the phrase right up there at the top of your Facebook page: that feeling of greatness. Talk about what that means. That feeling of greatness. Well, it, it came from this this guy that I met back in 1995 named Mo Norman. A guy jumped out in front of me in the middle of the PGA Golf Show in Florida says, hey, how you doing? I said, great. He says, says, what do you do? I says, well, I have a a golf travel business, but I really love to to play and teach the game. I said, what do you do? And he says, I teach people the easiest way to hit a golf ball. And I said, oh, really? That sounds interesting. And based on 
on what? And he said, based on this guy, Mo Norman. I had never heard of Mo Norman in my life. And he goes, I go, who's he? And he says, he's the world's greatest ball striker. I said, oh, really? I said, uh, I'm about ready to leave. You know, I've heard of, you know, Jack Nicklaus and Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson and, you know, all Sam Snead and all these others. And he said, no. And he showed me these quotes. And Mo Norman coined this phrase. He says, it's the feeling of greatness. And then he, and you, what, what is the feeling of greatness? Well, the feeling of greatness in golf is, is that feeling of that purely struck shot, right? It's, and it usually happens like the last shot of the game, right? So that you come back, <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, when you peer one, it's, that's, well, especially if you peer one and it goes where you want it to go, then that blissful feeling, that feeling of greatness. And that's what I say, Hey, whether we step up to the golf ball and we, our intention, like Debbie said, I'm, I'm, I totally have the faith that I can hit this shot. My intention is to hit it solid and to make it go where I want to go. And then we do it. We execute it. And, boy, when it does go where you want it to go and when you hit it solid, that feeling of greatness, you know, that's, that's the thing that we all need to relish in more. We need to celebrate our victories and I love what Jack Nicklaus said after he won the, uh, the Masters in 1986, which really had an effect on my life. I was there and I witnessed it, and I kind of called it out in the practice wow. round. He's going to win. And a, and a reporter said to him after he won the tournament, what about that shot you hit on number four? Well, he shanked like a four iron off the par three at Augusta, and he, he turned to that reporter and he goes, you think it'll rain tomorrow? Next question. And I love <laughs> the fact that, why, why would you ever want to dwell on a bad shot? And Jack, was the per, that was the perfect thing. Like, everybody kind of shook their head like, what did he just say? Do you think it will rain tomorrow? He changed the subject immediately. He never had that shot in his mind. He discarded it when he hit it, and he went on to win. And I think that's what winners do. We, we learn how to love something about every shot. Look for the good. Because the people who love, they're lovers. The people who hate, they're haters. They, the people who fight, they're fighters. And that's, you get what you look for in life. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, I get to hit the next shot, too. And that could be the next best shot of my life. So it's, uh, it, this game is, is amazing. Life and, and golf are such a parallel. Yeah, you know, I I love that story as a matter of fact, and 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 I hope at some point I get the opportunity to have you back to to talk a little bit more about your experience. But one more before I let you go, Tim. You talk about why praise is so important on your Facebook page. You have the quote from Mark Twain: "I can live for two months on a good compliment." Talk about what that does for us. Wow. Well, when we're it, and that's the whole thing, too. The praise doesn't always have to come from somebody. And I think that being your own best friend in life and praising yourself, if you can't learn how to do that, if you're the guy that beats yourself up or the gal that beats yourself up, when you don't hit that good shot or when you, you, know, you don't get your way in life, then something then happens to where this just becomes a habit in your life. And it's needless suffering. So, again, appreciating things. I, I love Tony's, one of his favorite quotes of mine is, trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole life will change. And that praise is 
comes from others and it comes from ourselves. And that is really a, a great way to live your life, to always look for something to appreciate and, uh, and just drop those expectations. Not to say that you're dropping your standards, because I have standards, you know, but I don't have it, those expectations that then let me down. And therefore, you know, the ups and downs, you know, feeling great, feeling bad, feeling great, feeling bad. And that's kind of that yeah. feeling of, uh, of uh, you know, the feeling of greatness staying in that zone yes that's fantastic stuff tim before we let you go again first of all thank you for for being a part of what has been an absolutely mm. uplifting show today and an uplifting segment thank you very much for that talk tell our listeners how can they follow you online and over social media well love to connect with anybody yes the, the my facebook page is uh that feeling of greatness so you know, forward slash that feeling of greatness. You can connect with me there. I'm also uh, really easy to get a hold of. At uh, Anybody can call me directly. My number is 858-535-6251. You can find me online. You can go to TonyRobbins.com. Everybody knows me in the company. Tim is Tony's Golf Pro. And uh, and I'm a fun Google out there, but yeah, my 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 purpose in life is really to just do miraculous things for others, and to it just be that that radiant healing light that so many people need. And I get to I get to do it from a virtual office. Can't wait to get down to Florida. I hang out in uh, La Quinta, California, uh, and I'm from Michigan originally. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. And uh, I just uh, I want to encourage everybody out there that's listening to to really look for the good and, uh, and change that little habit. Go out next time you play golf with three emotions. Everybody talks about uh, mechanics. I say go out there with faith that you can hit the shot, hope that it goes where you want it to go, and no matter what, after you take the shot, find something to love about every shot. You can do it. That's fantastic stuff. Tim, thank you so much for, for you know sharing your message and sharing your insights and your stories, taking time out to be a part of the show today. I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful, successful event down in Palm Beach next month. I can't help but be with you and Debbie O'Connell there, obviously with, with Tony Robbins as well. So thanks for coming here. I hope you'll come back and join me again and share more of your thoughts and insights with you. You're fantastic. Chris, love, to love being on your show, and I love what you do for the game and for others. Uh, you know, on and off the course, and uh, thanks for having me. Ah, it's, it's been a real privilege, Tim. Privilege, Tim. Thank you so much. All the best to you and everybody, you and your family, everyone involved with the event. I look forward to the opportunity, hopefully, to catch up with you again real soon. Look forward to seeing everybody. Blessings and breakthroughs to everyone. Thank you, Tim. Take care. Take care. That, that was Tim Hurry. Folks, tell me, does, does it get any better? Than this, I mean, for crying out loud, you want to talk about a, a you know a group of absolutely positive folks, t- you know, teaching you and sharing their insights with you. I mean, from you know from Missy Bertiotti kicking off the show and what a wonderful individual and positive person and Missy is, and Dave Stockton sharing with you, you know, some of his stories and insights. Debbie O'Connell, who makes my face hurt, I smile so much, and boy, Tim Hurry was absolutely fantastic there, and the and the positive and the uplifting message and the things that they shared. I tell you what, if if it gets any better than that, then I need someone to come out on my Facebook page, Chris Mascaro, or on the next on the T Facebook page, and tell me how and why it does, because I need to get more of that, because this 
was absolutely fantastic with four great guests sharing great things. Well, I tell you what, what a wonderful morning it has been for me, and hopefully it has been for you as well. So, folks, it's it's unfortunately, I wish we had another one. I could keep going like this all morning, but it's time for me to put a bow on this episode. Before we close up shop, I want to remind you about our friends and our partners, uh, you know, our PGA professional, Jim Estes, and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. I want to remind you about them, and let's go there and hear a word from our friends at uh, at the SMGA. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S., If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating, or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, what they're doing so many wonderful and amazing things at the, over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Golf Association, please to find out more information about it, go to smga.org to see how you can get involved. All right, folks, you know, it's uh, it's certainly you know, my sincere thanks to Missy Bertiotti, Dave Stockton Jr., Debbie O'Connell, and Tim Hurria for joining me today and making today's show so much fun for me. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream us on Blog Talk Radio. It's, all, it's available on Armed Forces Radio, Armed Forces Radio Network, armedforcesradionetwork.org. If you want to stream it online from there, you can also find us on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud, so many places that you can find us uh, you know, on there. Uh, on that show, we talk to legends and stars from around the NFL and the CFL. So great great NFL talk year-round on Thursday Night Tailgate. Please also check out both shows on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a, a comment. That's important to us as well. And you can find us online. This show is nextonthetea.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. Again, you can stream or download any of our archive episodes from either show for free, plus stay up to date with who some of our future guests are going to be as well. Thanks again, folks, for choosing to listen to this show today. We know you have a lot of choices for uh, for shows and podcasts to listen to, and we appreciate it very much that you've chosen to listen to Next on the T and that we're part of your uh, your weekly routine. Again, appreciate it very much. Until next week, my friends, hit them straight. You've been listening to Next on the T with Christmas Carol. Where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors And media members go to tell their stories Join us the same time every Saturday To hear more stories about the game we love From the people who love sharing those stories with you It's all about the great game of golf It's all about the great game of golf
Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better. Like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better. Like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better.